Welcome to Life Concierge. Allow me to introduce you to people you can relate to, learn from, and connect with through conversations that are fun, but grounded in truth, growth, and perspective. I'm your host and concierge, Sarah Heider. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. I've been a little MIA personally because I actually got sick and I had a sinus infection and ended up losing my voice. So I wasn't able to record any intros for a couple of weeks. So I'm a little delayed, which is why you'll hear me reference celebrating Pride Month in this episode. But we're just going to keep the Pride celebrations going year round anyway. We've got some really fun and some really interesting episodes coming up that I think you'll enjoy and I can't wait to release all of them. Speaking of interesting, I would definitely say that this episode falls into that category. I had the opportunity to do my first interview with a political candidate. I want to start by saying that the views expressed by my guests do not necessarily reflect that of Life Concierge podcast. And for me, at least, I wanted to use this episode as an opportunity to showcase someone who is going after their dreams, really putting themselves out there, giving every ounce of their being into accomplishing their goals, and doing so with the goal of helping their community in the way that they feel will make the biggest impact. I also want my listeners to be interested in the topics that affect all communities in our country and beyond. And even if you don't necessarily agree with our guest, I hope you'll take a second to reflect on why your feelings on certain topics are what they are. Is it because of your personal experience? Are you considering how other people may be affected by this issue? I hope that this episode will make you think for a second, and I hope maybe it'll help you even learn something or think of something in a way that you hadn't before. I also want to mention that we welcome any political candidate to be interviewed on Life Concierge podcast should they express interest. Now to our guest. I first met Matthew Mead through our love for and involvement in the Miss America organization, and Matthew was Mr. Gay Ohio 2017. During his year as Mr. Gay Ohio, he witnessed firsthand and heard countless stories of hate, discrimination, and violence, all because of a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. Matthew continues to feel a deep pain for his community and for every community and individual who faces prejudice and hatred. This has fueled his drive to now run for United States Congress. There's so much more to this story, but that's what this episode is all about. So let's get started. I am so excited because, number one, I love talking to you. And number two, I have no idea what you're going to (laughs) ask. Well, I am super excited, too. And... Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and make your big announcement? Hi, everybody. My name is Matthew Mead, and I am um, a candidate for the United States House of Representatives for Ohio's 3rd Congressional District. That one's so surreal. (laughs) Well, I am so excited for you. I know I've been sort of in the hug and knew a little bit about your campaign before it became public. Um, and I've seen all of the work that you have put into this. And to now see it up and running is just so exciting. And I'm so excited for you. I know that this is a dream of yours. And you're such a passionate person. You really put yourself 100% into everything that you do. And I can't wait to see where this journey takes you. That is verge of tears. So nice. Um, that 
wow, I don't even, I, thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. That was very kind. Um, yeah, this has 100% fallen into my lap in the most incredible way. And I say fall into my lap because my entire life kind of uh, at one point always led to fighting for equal rights. Um, and I've, the, uh, something I've said a couple of times this week is, running for Congress is fighting for equal rights on steroids. And that could not be more true. I knew I wanted to, to fight for the oppressed and fight for the suppressed. And this kind of aligned. Um, there were a couple of things that were in the works prior to COVID and COVID happened. Um, and then I thought, okay, what's next? Um, what do I actually want to do? do when, I, when I get to this place that I want to be, what am I doing? And it was always fighting for change. But when I'm fighting for change, am I just screaming into the wind or am I making the change? Am I being one of those people who are sitting down and making change in a room with other people who are making change? And when I said that to myself, it clicked. Sometimes you just feel it in your heart and you're like, okay, that's it. 30 minutes later, I was, I'm running for Congress. So that is, oh, thank you for saying that. That was very kind. Is this something that you have been dreaming about doing for a long time, like since you were a kid? Or is this a newer dream that has come to you? Um, I, well, so in, oh gosh, um, 2012-ish, I always thought that it would be fun to be the mayor of my hometown, but not in the sense of like policy and anything, just to be the mayor and hold, it's like essentially just like stand at a car opening and hold big scissors. Like that's what I thought. And I was like, oh, that would be fun. And that was the extent. Um, and always like every four years, I was like, oh, it'd be so fun to be the president. Wouldn't that be so fun? Um, now I do not think that. And now I think really differently about politicians, obviously. Um, and so no, not really. It never really was a thing. I studied theater and I thought I was Broadway bound at one point. So it really did not cross my mind. Um, and like I just said, one day I decided and it just worked. It's worked and it's working. And I, I'm really, really happy that I did not have and do not have any political experience at all because that's kind of what we're fighting against is a political machine that is not working for people. So the fact that I have no political experience and 99.9% .9 of my team that has worked with me, next to me, doesn't have any political experience um, until now has really worked in my favor because we are changing the way things are working for the people who are forgotten for and the people who are being worked against. Talk about a seamless transition. One question I really did want to ask you about is your background, that you don't have a political background, you don't have a political family, and maybe your route to running for office doesn't have what we might consider the traditional route, what we've seen a lot of before, um, maybe something like law school or something like that. I know that this is something that people will be asking you about for sure. So what would you say to someone who was questioning whether or not you are qualified based on your experience or education? Yeah, so um, I love saying that 
we are in a system that has people who are making rules for people that don't have any experience in how those, I'm saying the word people a lot, but those people are living. Um, I work in a restaurant. I um, do theater. So inherently I work in a restaurant and I was on unemployment from March of last year to May of last year due to the pandemic, but then also again on unemployment in November of 2020 until March of 2021, also due to the pandemic, barely making ends meet, being told how to live my life with the finances that I'm getting from people who have probably never even thought about unemployment. White millionaires who are lawyers are the majority of our lawmakers. Um, and those people don't understand real life struggles. I'm sitting um, in a chair, I can look outside of my window. Um, there's not a sidewalk in front of my house. That's a problem that these people need to fix and they don't understand because they're number one, in their Washington bubble. And number two, they are so disconnected from what is going on. Um, I am a real person. I am a person who, Grew up, my parents divorced when I was young. Um, both of them struggled with money. And have I have always kind of just been fed into that system. And there has never been a time where we were given the opportunity and never a time that people, young people specifically, are given the opportunity to get ahead. Um, like I said, because they're being led by people who don't understand, they're being led by lawmakers who just don't understand what's going on. Um, and that is why real people should be governing individuals in this country. Um, in 2019, actually, I um, was just speaking to a friend of mine and she told me that 2019, uh, the class of 2019 who went into the United States Congress is the, let me get this right, has the most people that are the least politically active people in Congress. And that consists of my complete idol, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is very similar to me, works in a restaurant. Um, she has a documentary on Netflix that I watched. And I, when I watched that documentary, I knew that what I was doing was possible. So it's about real people supporting real people. And for anyone who doesn't understand the position that you're running for, uh, me, I don't completely understand it. So what are those responsibilities that you would have as a congressperson? What is a little, give us a little rundown of a day in the life of a congressperson, what they're focusing on. So there are two chambers in the United States Congress. There is the House of Representatives and there is the Senate. Um, the Senate is full of 50 individuals from each state, two senators from each state. I'm sorry, did I say 50? I meant 100. There are two senators from each state that uh, that law and create law. Um, a senator's term is six years. Um, and in the House of Representatives, there are right now 435 members of that chamber, each representing a different district in their state within the country. Um, Ohio right now has 16 districts, but the district lines will be redrawn by the time of my election and one district will be eliminated. So they will have 15 districts, but it's always 435. Um, and so essentially you are the representative of your community going to Washington and making law. Um, 
the law process, I don't know if you kind of wanted to go over this, but um, to write a law, you draft a bill, you vote on it in the House. If it passes in the House, it goes to the Senate. If it passes in the Senate, it goes to the president's desk. The president signs it and it becomes law. Um, that is something that I learned in second grade uh, and didn't even know that that was like full circle moment that I didn't even know that it was like going to come back around. I was like, oh, I guess that makes the most sense. Um, so that's, that is what I am vying to do is to make laws to protect the people um, and support other lawmakers who believe the sim similar things as me in making those laws for not only their constituency, um, but the country as a whole. So speaking of laws and policies, um, what are some of the issues that you are most passionate about getting your hands on if you are voted into office? Um, it, so many things. Um, I mean, I have always been a person who really wants to fight for the underdog. Um, Medicare for all is a huge portion of my campaign. Um, a Green New Deal, creating green new jobs for individuals in this country and moving away from the fossil fuel industry. Um, as a gay man, LGBTQ rights, um, anti-trans discrimination bills need to be written in Congress because there are so many anti-trans bills being written across the country in state legislation and fighting for those individuals just for their livelihood is something that is just detrimental. But also something that you might not know is there is a blood ban. Um, gay and bisexual men have to wait three months after intercourse to give blood. Uh, and ending that because, I mean, going into this in, in, in the cleanest way possible, um, they're vetting, they're vetting gay and bisexual men from giving blood, but they're not vetting homosexual couples from having blood as well, uh, or giving blood as well. So that is something. Um, LGBTQ uh, discrimination in adoption, um, racial injustice, uh, oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. Gun reform, paid family leave, uh, just so, oh my gosh. If you wanna know, go to my website, matthewmeadoh.com to see all of the things that I just really support. Cause the list goes on and on and on. Thank you for sharing that. We also wanna mention that we are recording this episode in June and celebrating Pride Month. Yeah, yay, oh, happy Pride. You mentioned that supporting equality and queer rights are both very important to you. So in the spirit of pride, would you mind telling us a little bit more about your story and yourself? Yeah, this is something that I really love talking about. And it's not because I love talking about myself. It's because there are so many different stories. Um, and I don't like using the word different, but I'm going to use the word different here. Um, I always knew that I was kind of different didn't really know what that meant um and unfortunately my entire hometown also knew that i was different and they didn't know that i was different silently they knew that i was different and kept telling me that i was different and by different i mean gay they just kept telling me i was gay so my coming out was not my own my coming out was everybody kind of just letting me know um and Everybody knew I was gay before I was gay or before I had come out as gay. And I, when I finally came to terms with it, it was emotional for myself. Um, but my family is an absolute rock. They're incredible, so supportive. Um, 
And, but that being said, with a, you have an incredible support system, supporting yourself is very different. Um, and, and very much like, yes, hi everybody, I'm Matthew, I'm gay. Okay, what does that mean? What does this person who is gay going to do? How do you deal with that? I came out in between my junior and senior year, the summer in between my junior and senior year of high school. And I didn't know what that person was because for so long I had kind of defended myself in the sense of like people like, are you gay? You're gay. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Because it always came off as a negative thing. I remember as early as fifth grade, I don't know if you remember the show, Ed, Ed, Nettie. Um, there was a character on the show, Ed, Ed, Nettie. It was like one of the Ed's sister's best friends was very um, obviously supposed to be a queer character. And I remember being on um, recess in fifth grade and Cartoon Network had just come out in my, in my, hometown. We were just now starting to watch Ed and Nettie and they were talking about, his name was Jimmy. Jimmy was gay. And they were like, Jimmy's gay. And it came off negatively. Um, and I was like, oh, that must be bad. I don't even know what that means, but that must be bad. And then in sixth grade, I auditioned for a solo in my sixth grade choir. And thank you. I got it. Um, and after I expressed interest in music and theater, everyone was like, are you gay? Are you gay? And I remember people asking me like five or six times a day. And I would always just revert back to that fifth grade memory of it being bad and saying no. Um, so for so long, it was a no. It was a no, 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 no. Until my sophomore year of high school, where they were doing a, um, a day of silence. And um, GSA um, across the country do a day of silence uh, to, to stand in solidarity with LGBTQ students, harassment of, of LGBTQ students. And it really opened my eyes that I was like, oh my God. It like, I remember being so I, homophobic. I was saying that I was so homophobic that one time I remember screaming down the hallways because what people had perceived to be my reality was negative. So I had to also jump on this negative train, I thought. And then I realized, oh my God, Matt, this is you. You are that. And it took me to like a year and a half later to kind of be like, okay, this is your life. Um, but everybody already knew. I was just speaking with someone the other day. My one of my my high school friend group was really funny in the sense of they all knew I was gay and they would tell people and they would talk about me that I wasn't gay because they wanted me to know first. They were like, we are going to say no until he says yes. I think about that sometimes and I get really emotional. Um, and then openly, there I am. The new, what feels like new, I could not even look at that person and know who I was. Um, what feels like new person is born and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I was doing. And I learned quickly that all the things that I have done were just regular me. I still love musical theater. I still was crazy. I still talk a lot as we're seeing here. And I knew that I was going to be someone that people always knew. Um, but I didn't know that that was going to be as the gay person. I just thought it was going to be because I was 
flamboyant and and noticeable but it ended up being because i was gay everybody knew i was the gay person and how how does that work how does that work when you have one identity but you also have a million other things that you want to do um so you hang out hang out with friends do the things um and then in 2017 i uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Alice Magato, of uh, the Miss Ohio that you crowned, and I were texting one day, and she was like, oh, you'd be such a great title holder. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense, because there are no pageants for boys. Um, and she said, oh, here's one. So she, she sends me this link to Mr. Gay Ohio. Um, in January of 2017, the competition is in April of 2017. And I'm like, all right. Mallory Hagen had been the judge at Mr. Gay Ohio the year before. And I was like, oh, this seems credible. I love Mallory Hagen. And because if you don't know, I love the Miss America system um, and I love pageants as a whole. And I competed, I prepped, competed, did not think I was gonna win so much that I, in the dressing room after my talent competition, I was like, oh, next year I'll do this. And at the end of the night, I was crowned the winner. Um, and during that time, you raise money um, and awareness and you have a platform for a specific um, organization and, and cause. And my organization and cause with my background in theater was raising awareness for the importance in theater and education. Um, and during that time of, of my Mr. Gay Ohio reign, I realized that my love was for advocacy. Um, I was being drawn to advocacy that year instead of being drawn to theater. I didn't care. I felt like like after that, I didn't care about theater anymore. I was like, this is what I wanna do. And ultimately it ended up that we are here today running for United States Congress. And it, it all just stems from um, kind of finding yourself and finding what you love and being who you are. Because as soon as you open yourself to yourself, you realize the things that you're going to do are the things you were always supposed to do. Oh my gosh, you just gave me the goosebumps with that last line. I love that. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. And I'm sure that sharing your story will help someone who's listening. That was a very long-winded story. And I don't think I've ever said that whole story in one sitting. I think that I've always kind of said it at different points in the story. But thank you for letting me do that. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Um, what advice would you give to someone who perhaps doesn't feel supported and who their authentic self is? Well, well, if you don't mind, well, and, and something that's really positive about my story is that the acceptance that I did have uh, during my time, um, during my Mr. Gay Ohio reign, I definitely learned um, and I also knew prior that there are people who don't have that. So I always look at my story as a positive, positive coming out because there are people whose lives get uprooted. And those are the people that I'm fighting for. Those are the people that need the support. So I do actually think that my coming out is a positive. Um, and we have to, we have to look at it as a, a two there are, you have two hands so you can you can have something that is kind of sad but also positive um, but also looking at people and making sure that they are safe and they are taken care of as well on that note 
I've had some conversations with people recently who are great people and mean well, but don't necessarily feel that politics and human rights are one and the same. They think that they can be totally separated. Um, I want to know, what do you think about that? How do you handle this issue? And do you separate human rights from politics? It, to me, it is really hard to, to not do that because for four years, um, I mean, the day I don't, I hate bringing up our former president, um, the, the, the predecessor to our current president, but the day that he was inaugurated, any trace of LGBTQ was taken away from anything that involved the White House. So it was immediately political. Um, another reason to say that it's political is, like I said earlier, there are anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ bills for human rights being written all across the country. Um, gay marriage didn't happen until 2015, and it was because of the Supreme Court, also a thing that is involved in policy and politicians. Um, so with that, we have we have a polarization as well. It also kind of disgusts me a little bit that we have to do that because yes, queer rights, racial injustice are human rights. Human rights should not be political or policied because they are human rights. And that to me is shocking that we are even writing anything that can take away anything from anyone ever. Um, and so, if anybody were to say racial injustice and, and queer rights are not political, they are not, number one, probably not wanting to have a conversation about how they are political because as they shouldn't be, yes, you're correct, they shouldn't be political, but here's how they are and why they have become that. Um, and so I would say, what do you think about this? And something that I'm kind of working on right now is asking people why they think certain things. Um, and getting to the root of it, because a lot of it comes from privilege. A lot of it comes from religion. Um, something, I mean, I don't know how deep you would like me to go, but a lot of anti-LGBTQ um, rhetoric is because of something that they've been told in, in the sense of religion, um, that man and man can't marry because blah, blah, blah. And that is really interesting because in the first, I could be incorrect, but in the first section of the preamble or in the first section of the Bill of Rights, I'm sorry, it is no law shall be created on the basis of religion. And I, I could be incorrect in that quote, but there's a separation between church and state for a reason. Um, and so there is a lot and, and, and not having that conversation is because it's, it's a, it is an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, definitely maybe an un uncomfortable conversation, but something that's also a crucial conversation to have. Um, and also something crucial that I want to bring up um, is the importance of voter turnout. I am definitely someone who's passionate about exercising my right to vote, but I can completely relate to people who are feeling really fatigued right now by the last five years or so of politics. What would you say to someone who is like me, who is just feeling totally worn out? totally fatigued um, by all of this 
tension and fighting and um, just feels so divisive. Um, Though I'm feeling pretty good about things since 2021. uh, But how would you encourage someone to care a little bit more about politics and government to get involved and get out and vote? I feel that way about like stuff like football, like people love football and I don't love it at all. And it's so massive uh, that I just kind of come to terms with, I'm never going to like it. I'm never going to really care about it, but I will always know, like, I always know who's going to the Super Bowl. Don't ask me right now who went to the Super Bowl last year because that happened and then moved on. I could not tell you. Um, and, and knowing that, all of the things that you said that you are voting, that you you do know the basics of what is going on, that is okay. Um, I mean, there are people who, who treat politics like it is football. Um, and there are people who treat football like it's politics. So it's okay to only take what you can give and only give what you can handle. So what I would say is, it's okay if you aren't really interested in it that much because um, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of things that are happening every single day in DC and around the whole country that if you have the time to know every single thing, what else are you doing? Um, Because it is a lot. So yeah, do what you can because I mean, vote. I would say vote. I would say learn what you can, but still vote. I just want to say thank you for a second for uh, making me not feel alone and like the only person in Ohio who doesn't absolutely love football. So thank you for standing by me. I'm going to get serious here for a second. Um, I know we've had private conversations about how running for Congress, becoming a public figure comes with a lot of challenges, really putting yourself out there. And really, no matter what, every public figure faces criticism at some point, has haters, and um, especially when it's so easy to be a bully behind the keyboard. So how are you preparing for this part of being in political office, I think it would be really helpful for anyone to hear who might be like being bullied or is worried about being bullied if they're pursuing their dreams. Well, if I'm being honest, I have no idea. Um, and, and I say that because how do you plan for something? You don't know what's coming. Uh, you don't, you just, you, you face it head on and you take the challenge, um, which has been this entire process is facing it head on and taking the challenge. Um, but also it's not giving in. I think that in a general sense of how do you face negativity, it's not giving in to the negativity. Um, I have always been someone who is very confident in what they do. To run for United States Congress, you have to be confident in what you're doing. Um, and I know that I can do this. I know. Um, and just keeping that in the back of my mind that I am here, I'm doing it. What I'm doing is absolutely correct for me. And the people who are saying negative things, they don't know what's going on. Um, and if we're talking about Twitter, let's talk about negativity on Twitter because most of it's just for likes. They'll say anything just to like get a like on Twitter. Um, And that is something that is easily ignorable. Um, I uh, have noticed a few negative things on stuff that I've been tweeting. And we're, I mean, I'm running as far left as possible. And these people are commenting as far right as possible. There's a a whole spectrum of differences. Um, So we need to kind of, we as in myself need to realize that there's a whole spectrum of differences there. And that's not everybody's going to agree with what I say. And I just have to keep going. Yep, that's what you got to do. Just keep going. I love that. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was so great to hear more about your journey. I am so thankful for this opportunity. I've loved it. I've, it's so, I, I'm usually kind of nervous for interviews. I'm sitting in my chair, just like relaxed and just like hanging out. It just feels like we're chatting. It was so much fun. And we're going to end it on a super fun note. I want to ask you what your life concierge tip is. So life concierge tip can be a new product you're using, a new workout you're doing, a life hack you found out about, anything that's making your day better, that is making your life better, that you think our listeners might be interested in hearing and they might be able to apply to their lives. This is so very fun. Um, And as you're asking, I'm thinking of all the things that I do for like self-care in my mind and like in my body. Um, And I'm going to name a few. So listen up. Uh, (laughs) I sing something every single day, um, making sure that I am singing actually every single day. I'm sure my neighbor, I live in a duplex. I'm sure he loves hearing it, but I'm making sure that I'm singing every day. Um, Also, In the back of my mind, I have had many a fashion trend in my life and many a fashion mistakes in my life, knowing that the things have gone out of style. Keep in your mind that the trend that you love will probably come back. That is something that I have really just had to root myself in, like, confidence that I love wide leg pants and they are on their way. Um, So singing every day. And also, if you're able to sleep in... Even if it's for 15 minutes, sleep in because, or and not even sleep in. If you wake up and you think I have to get up right now and you don't actually stay in your bed and really live in the comfiness that you're in and just wait um, because everything's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. Um, so yeah, those are my life concierge. And I think that's an incredible exercise. I'm sorry that I didn't have more prepared. Well, thank you for sharing those with us. I love those tips, Um, especially the singing one. That's one I, you know, I'm passionate about and I often kind of forget it gets, it gets left behind. Uh, But thank you so much again for being with us on Life Concierge Podcast and congratulations on all you've accomplished and we'll talk soon. Bye. I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Life Concierge Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps and you won't miss an episode when you subscribe. Catch all the latest from Life Concierge Podcast and follow at Life Concierge Podcast on Instagram. You can also visit the website lifeconciergepodcast.com to learn more, leave a note, or recommend a topic or guest for an upcoming episode. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.